William Presley, who plans to attend the University of Auburn. Allison Lassiter, who plans to attend Bishop State and become my future beautician. Camden Diamond, who attend Southern Union State Community College and play baseball. Kira Grigat, who will attend South Alabama, and I don't think she was able to make it this morning with us. And then Mary Catherine Alums, who attend the University of Mobile. Did I say it wrong? Where's Brother Randy at? <laughs> Alums. Sorry, Mr. Sid. You can blame Brother Randy for this. Graduating class, let's see if I... There we go. So I wanted to share something with y'all and with the body of Christ. We want to do something just a little bit different. Now, last week, we shared about... Shooting arrows, y'all remember? And we had a target. And I shared with the parents last week that parenting, we better know what our target is or we'll miss it. And that target is to raise fully devoted followers of Christ. But I wanted to share with you, the class of 2022, that if you don't know what your target is as you leave here, you'll, you'll hit it every time. And that target is is to go and take the gospel to the world. That target is to be a fully devoted follower of Christ wherever you go. And so my prayer is, is that this would be a reminder for you that when you step out of these doors and you go all throughout the city, throughout the state, throughout the nation, that you would recognize that there is a target and that is for you to go and be a fully devoted follower of Christ. Church, oftentimes we recognize our seniors, and we're doing that today, but I want to do something a little different, because really this is a sending out. We're sending them out to be missionaries. Wherever they go, wherever they are, they're called to proclaim the gospel. And we all know that the days ahead are difficult for them, because the enemy doesn't like when people proclaim the truth and live based on the word of God. The scripture says that when you send people out, that you're called to lay hands on and pray for. So I want to ask at this moment, if, if you're a deacon here today or one who uh, is, is a deacon that's not a current deacon, would you come down here and let's pray for them as we send them out. And to the body of Christ, will you just lift your hands towards these students as we pray for them, as we send them out? Father, we come before your throne and we thank you. Father, as we send them out, the scripture calls us to lay hands on and to pray over. Father, we as a body of Christ are praying over each of them right now. Father, that they will walk worthy of the calling, that they will stand firm on the word of God, that they will share with others, that they will know you intimately, grow in you daily, and go in you throughout the world. And for those who are leaving this city, Father, I pray that they'll find a local body, oh God, that they would pour their life into, be encouraged by, and be supported. And Father, we pray right now, Lord, that you would lead them every day. And Father, may we not cease praying for them, interceding on their behalf, as they go throughout this world, proclaiming your truth. Oh, Father, we love you and praise you, for it's in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, at this time, we're going to begin our time of worship. I don't know where Brother Aaron went. There he is. But I told Brother Aaron, I said, now, Brother Aaron, don't take the example from last week. He has a certain time frame that he has to finish in. 
Amen. Amen. Right. Let's go ahead and give our graduates a hand, a round of applause. I'll tell you what this is. It's a testament to the faithfulness of the Lord, a testament to those that work with them in youth, and a testament to their parents, also the family of God. We're called to send out. Amen. Let's stand together. You say welcome to the person next to you, and we will sing about our holy God this morning. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Son and Holy Spirit, one God, we give Him praise. Holy, 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 all the saints adore Thee, casting down their golden crowns around the blessing Cherubim and seraphim falling down God that we serve, perfect in power, calling us to unity. Let's sing. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, all thy works shall praise thy name in earth and sky. came in and adopted us and gave us a new identity. We are a new creation in Christ. Let's sing together. Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost when he brought me and know his love for me. Oh, his love for me. Who the
I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. Amen. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. Sing it again. Yes, I am who you say I am, who the Son sets free, oh, is free indeed. I'm a child, child of God, yes, I am, in my Father's house, there's a going back to Daniel this week. Very excited about that. I love the story of Daniel. The testimony uh, of Daniel. He, they said to him, you can't pray to your God. It's illegal to do that. And he said, I can't. You might as well tell me not to breathe. Right? He said, I can't do that because of what God has done for me. Who God is. He does not abide sin. I can't do that. He prayed anyway. And they threw him in a lion's den. Right? But God, amen? We have so many reasons to bless the Lord this morning. Let's do that together. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, O oh my soul. Worship His holy name. Sing like never before, O oh my soul. I'll worship your holy name. The sun comes up. Here we go. The sun comes up. It's a new day dawn. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever. Great in love. 
pray that today that we would finish the race set before us. Leave all else behind to follow you. Amen. Let's sing. And on that day. And on that day when my strength is failing the end draws near and my time has come still my soul will sing your praise unending ten thousand years and then forevermore bless the lord bless the lord oh my soul oh my soul worship him That's our goal today. I I hope you never stop singing. One thing that I I love about Daniel as well is is the king gave him a job, right? But God gave him a family. He became his father. And that's who we are today. You've been adopted. A child of the king if you've received Christ. Let's sing. Good, good father. Oh, and I've heard a thousand stories of what they think your life but I heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night and tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone you're a good good father who you are And I see many searching for answers far and wide, but I know we're all searching for answers. Only you provide, cause you know just what we need before we say a word. You're a good, good father. Can hardly speak peace 
Father, we come before you, before your throne, and know that you love us, that you care for us. And in this life, you have told us to turn our eyes to you, not to look to the left or to the right. All things will pass away, but you will never pass away. We pray that we'd realize that all we really have is you, and that's all we'll ever need. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Amen. You know, I am super excited to be back in the book of Daniel. We took a couple weeks off, uh, three weeks for Resurrection Sunday as we led up to the tomb and to the resurrection. And then we had Mother's Day and we also had a missions focused with... uh, Brother Al Jackson, uh, what a wonderful job that God did in and through him as he spoke. And now today we're going to be back in Daniel chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, open up to Daniel chapter 6. This is by far probably the most familiar story in the Bible. Now, some people may say, no, David, it's Noah and the ark. Uh, But many, many, many people know of Daniel in the lion's den. Now, with familiarity, however you would say that properly, uh, it's very easy for us just to gloss over this story and say, okay, Daniel defied the government, he prayed, he went into the lion's den, and God saved him. But I want to take a close look, and so the Lord has really put on my heart to separate this into two messages this week and next week. And this week's message, we're just going to look from Daniel chapter Nine, uh, chapter 6, 1 through 9, and I've entitled it, God Empowers His People. God Empowers His People. I'm going to say this at the end, but I want to remind you right now that Daniel is not the main character of the book of Daniel. We've spoken of this many times. God is the main character, the main person in the book of Daniel. And if we miss this, we'll say that we want to have a life like Daniel instead of saying we want to be in awe of Daniel's God. We want to follow the God of Daniel, which is Yahweh. We want the God of Daniel to come and fill our heart so that we may live a life accordingly, worthy of the calling. Daniel chapter 6 We pick up, it says, It seemed good to Darius to appoint 120 satraps over the kingdom that they would be in charge of the whole kingdom. And over them them three commissioners, of whom Daniel was one. And that these satraps might be accountable to them and the king might not suffer loss. Let me just share with you why he said might not suffer loss. There was a lot of corruption. When you deal with people who don't know Yahweh, are not following God, they're following their own agenda, what's best for them. So the king, Darius, put 120 satraps and he had three over them so that he would not suffer loss from people being selfish, self-focused. It says in verse 4, Then the commissioners, excuse me, verse 3, Then Daniel began distinguishing himself among the commissioners and satraps because he possessed an extraordinary spirit. And the king planned to appoint him over the entire kingdom. Then the commissioners and the satraps began trying to find a ground of accusation against Daniel in regard to the government's affairs. But they could find no ground of accusation or evidence of corruption inasmuch as he was faithful. No negligence or corruption was to be found in him. Then these men said, we will not find any grounds of accusation against this Daniel unless we find it against him with regard to the law of his God. Then these commissioners and satraps came by agreement to the king and spoke to him as follows. King Darius, live forever. All the commissioners of the kingdom, the the prefects, And the satraps and the high officials and the governors have consulted together that the king should establish a statue and enforce an injunction that anyone who makes a petition to any god or man besides you, O king, for thirty days shall be cast in the lion's den. Now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document so that it may not be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which may not be revoked. Therefore, the king, King Darius, signed the document. That is the injunction. Let's pray. Father, I recognize that my words are worthless, but your words will not return void. That your words are eternal. Father, I pray today that I, I would sit on the front row and just hear what you are speaking and that we would all place this into our hearts. Holy Spirit, 
enlighten, give us wisdom and guidance that we may see what you are speaking and that we may walk in obedience. Now, Father, we love you, we praise you, and we give you all glory. Amen. Now, when we started the book of Daniel in chapter 1, we saw Daniel was a young man who was taken uh, into exile out of Jerusalem. And that he was then in Babylonia or Babylon, Babylon, I'll get that in a minute. And as he was there, he began to find himself in position of, of status. He was in the government, so to say, and he worked for ultimately three different kings. Now, at the very beginning, we saw him as a young man, and now in Daniel chapter 6, he's around 80 years old. So from around the age of 15, 16, maybe 20 years at most, to the age of 80, we have seen a consistency of a walk with the Lord. Now, why do we see this in Daniel's life? It all goes back to what we see in Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. In Daniel chapter 1, verse 8, it says, Daniel made up his mind that he would not defile himself. Daniel determined in his heart. Daniel said, I am going to follow Yahweh no matter the cost. No matter what this world will do to me, I'm going to follow the precepts. I am going to follow Yahweh. He lived a life devoted to God. The first thing that I want you to see today, church, is that Daniel lived a life devoted to God. When he turned 80 years old and was still following God, it was not because he woke up at 79 and said, okay, I'm going to follow God today. No, it began as a young man understanding the teachings of God's word and him determining in his heart that he would follow God. See, oftentimes people think, you know, later in life I will, uh, I'll determine and I will be this later in life. I'm going to work on this later in my life and I'm going to be that which I desire to be but not right now. But see, Daniel is an example of one who continually disciplined himself from a young age. I remember in high school, I used to think, man, when I get older, it's going to be a whole lot easier to follow Jesus. I remember in high school thinking, man, the struggles and the temptations that I go through right now in high school, man, it's going to get so much easier the older I get. Boy, was I wrong. What I have realized is that the enemy just continues to attack over and over and over. And it only gets more and more difficult the further that we push down the, 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 the years of our life of, well, I'll do that later, I'll do that later, I'll get to that later. People say, well, well one day I'll come to know Jesus, I'll surrender to his lordship, but not right now. It only gets harder and harder as the enemy continues to bring in new tactics have we not seen our culture change in the last few years? Does it not become harder and harder every day? But see, Daniel, he lived a life of godliness because he determined in his heart to follow Jesus. And in doing so, he didn't just determine, but he disciplined himself, as it says in 1 Timothy 4, 7, for the purpose of godliness. Now, obviously, 1 Timothy was not written when Daniel was living his life. But we can recognize in the New Testament that what Paul is speaking to Timothy is what Daniel did. He disciplined his life for the purpose of godliness. Paul also said in 1 Corinthians 9, he said, I discipline my body and make it a slave so that after I preach to others, I myself may not be disqualified. Church, have we determined in our life that the target that we are living for is to be fully devoted follower of Christ no matter the cost? You want to be a Daniel at 80 years old? Then you determine in your heart today that you're going 
to discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. You determine in your heart today that I'm going to follow Jesus no matter the cost. Or as the song says, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. When the government says you must eat this food, no turning back. I've decided to follow God. When the government says you must bow before this golden image and if not, you're thrown into a fiery furnace, Daniel's friend said, I have determined in my heart. I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. When Daniel is confronted with death because nobody could answer the the king's uh, vision, the dream. And then they were sent out to kill all the wise people and Daniel was one of them. He didn't run in fear. No, he said, I have decided to follow God. And so I'm going to seek God. And I'm going to let God give me guidance and direction. When Daniel was told, hey, you cannot pray to God. Or you'll be thrown in the lion's den. He said, I have decided to follow God. Church, have you decided? You want to live a life devoted to God? It starts with determining in your heart, falling on your face before holy God, and submitting your life to the Lordship of Christ. Let me give you a prime example of this. See, some people say that that's what they want to do, but they never surrender. Do you know that January 1st is the busiest time in the gym? People show up, they got this idea, hey, you know what? I'm going to get in shape. That's what I want to do. And they have a desire for it. But they don't determine in their heart that no matter the pain and no matter the cost, they're going to stay with it. So around January 15th, everything's back to normal in the gym. Why? Because they just had an intention. They just had a desire. They just had a a, a hope. Well, I'll do this. And, And see, what we must recognize is we have to determine in our heart, no matter the cost, count the cost, as Jesus said, I'm going to follow no matter what happens. There's a old Portuguese proverb that many of you have heard. And it says, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Church, there's a big difference between just speaking, I'm going to follow, and determining in your heart, surrendering to the Lordship of Christ. Daniel is an example of one who has determined and walked with the Lord for all these years. And we see this this consistent example of faith. Daniel served. It says when, when, when Daniel determined his heart to follow God no matter the cost, he was willing to serve God by serving others where he was, even if it was in a pagan city. Even if it was in a pagan city. See, Daniel determined that he was going to follow God no matter the cost. And because of that, he recognized that the scripture called him to serve wherever he is. You know, oftentimes people will say, David, it's hard to serve people who don't like Christians. It's hard to serve those who come against believers. You know, we see it all throughout Scripture, though. Think about Joseph. Joseph served in Egypt. It was not a Christian society by no means. When he was lied about, he served in prison. And I'm not saying he served time in prison. Yes, he was in prison serving time for something he didn't do. But he served well in the prison. I think about Nehemiah. Nehemiah was in a pagan area. And he served the king as a cupbearer. What about Daniel? Daniel's in this pagan area. And he's in this pagan place. But yet he served well where he was. Why? Because he had determined in his heart that he was going to follow God. That he was going to follow the law of God. You know, there's many others. What about David? David went to go bring food 
to the army of the nation of Israel and found himself serving others, serving God by serving others, by going and confronting Goliath. We can go on and on and on of how we see in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament, Timothy had a servant's heart, did he not? Daniel served King Darius. And he also served the other two kings with integrity. I can guarantee you Daniel would not have agreed with all the decisions that were made. But he would have been faithful. He would have been surrounded by corruption all around him. But he was a man of integrity. See, Daniel understood that God allowed the king, King Darius, to be in the position that he was in. But Daniel also understood that there was a higher king than King Darius. As I said just a minute ago, the New Testament wasn't written when Daniel was living. But in 1 Peter 2, 13-17, and we've already preached on this before, but it says, Submit yourself for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king as the one in authority, or to the governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. For such is the will of God that by doing right you may silence the ignorance of foolish men. Act as free men. Do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as a bond slaves of God. Honor the people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Daniel was serving in a pagan area, serving the king faithfully with integrity. He recognized that as he served, that he began to rise above everyone else. It says this, that the king wanted to promote him over the whole kingdom. Why? Because Daniel was a man of faithfulness. He was a man of integrity. Why? Because he was following God's law. He had determined in his heart to be a man who was after God's heart. Now, Alistair Begg says in his book, Brave, that Daniel is a great example of a godly politician. And let me just share with you why. He serves well with integrity, but he would not disobey the law of God. He served well with integrity, but he would not disobey the law of God. Now, we see this when when the people got frustrated and they wanted to find a way to come against Daniel. It says in Daniel 6, it gives us this character of how he served. Daniel 6, 4, it says, Then the commissioners of Satraps began to try to find ground and accusation against Daniel in regard to the government's affairs. But they could find no ground. No ground of accusation or evidence of corruption. Daniel served Well, he shined brightly above all those around him. Why? Because he is one following God's law with all the people around him who are selfish, focused in on what they can gain. And so he began to rise above and the king, King Darius, saw this. There was a difference between Daniel and all the people of Babylon, all the other governmental officials. He was a man of integrity. There was no negligence or corruption. Daniel was reflecting the image of God while all the others were reflecting the image of self. Which that contrast began to lift Daniel up and the king saw that. In a time where everybody's focused on themselves, Daniel was focused on honoring the king. Why? Because he had determined in his heart to follow God. He had determined in his heart that it's not about him, but it's about God's glory. See, Daniel didn't have to worry about what will happen next. What law is going to change? What if they make it illegal to serve God? Daniel wasn't worried about that because he knew who was in ultimate authority. Daniel didn't live in fear of what's the next uh, thing the government's going to pass. He lived in awe of who his God is. He truly believed that Yahweh was in control. And whatever happens, he will continue to follow Yahweh because he's in control. This is huge, church. See, when we determine in our heart that we're going to follow God, surrender to 
His authority, His Lordship, then we serve well. We serve where we are. Not just the church, all people. Galatians 6, 9 and 10 tells us that let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. So then we will have opportunity, while we have opportunity, let us do good to what? All people. Especially to the household of faith. Yes, we're called to serve our brothers and sisters in Christ, but church, do you realize that we're also called to serve all people? If we are going to say that we have determined in our heart to follow God, no matter the cost, then we have to say that we're willing to serve others with integrity, with faithfulness. And when we do that, we reflect to this culture, there's a major difference of those who are in Christ and those who are focused on themselves. See, we don't get caught up with what's going to happen in our government. We don't get caught up in the protests and the, the, the fear that's happening all around us because we get, in, we get focused and in awe of who our God is. Our God is so much bigger than our government. Our God is so much bigger than our problems. He's so much bigger than our circumstances. And He's called us to serve others to show and reflect the image of God. Did not Jesus do that? At the Last Supper, he picks up a towel. He began to serve the disciples by washing their feet. And then he said, now you go and do likewise. Jesus said that I did not come to be served, but to serve. Church, if we have determined in our heart, if we're disciplining ourselves for the purpose of godliness, then we're going to serve where we are. We're going to serve the body of Christ. And we're going to serve the people around us. We're going to do that with integrity. We're going to do that with faithfulness. We're going to do that with love. But let's be very careful here. I love what one of my friends shares. Listen, people are going to walk over that sometimes. That doesn't mean that we have to be a doormat that says welcome. But we do serve. And that does mean that there's going to be pain. There's going to be people that, that selfishly Take advantage of that. But did people take advantage of Christ? Church, we must serve and serve well where we are. And when we do that, when we do that, we will rise above what's happening in our culture. And people are going to say, what is different about Luke 4.18? What's different about the people? Everywhere there's a need in our city, they're there to serve. Everywhere there's pain in our city, they're there to serve. Every time that somebody is hurting, they're there to serve them. What is different? And we say, hey, listen, we've determined in our heart to follow Jesus. No turning back. I love what it says in 1 Peter 3, 15 through 16. It says this, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your heart, always being ready to make a defense for everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you. Yet with gentleness and reverence, keep good conscience so that in the things which you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ will be put to shame. Church, as we serve and as we serve well, people will recognize that it's not us, but it's Christ. So let me ask you, would your co-workers at work say that you're one who has no corruption, no neglect, that you're faithful? Students, would your teachers say at your school that there's no corruption, no neglect, that you're faithful? See, everywhere we go, we are reflecting the image of Christ. And wherever we are, even in a pagan culture, we're called to serve. And when we serve, we will rise above People will see the difference, and here's the thing, as we see right here. When they see the difference, the enemy will attack. The enemy will attack. Daniel rose above. They were about to put him into the, the top position. Why? Because he was one who followed the law of God and not selfish motives. He was one who was a believer in, in God. One who had determined in his heart. 
He served and he served well. And because of that, he rose above and people saw a difference in him. But the enemy attacks. See, God is the one who plays Daniel in this position. God is also the one who gave Daniel the ability to stand. We must be prepared for the attacks of the enemy. Daniel believed that his God could save him. We saw that all throughout Daniel 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and now in chapter 6. And that he also believed that if God allowed him to die, that it was okay because it was God's perfect and good plan. See, in Daniel chapter 1, we saw that instead of the king's rations, he served God. Daniel 2, we saw his... Uh, the, the wise men that could not understand the dream, and, and God provided. Daniel's friends were threatened in chapter 3, and God provided. Now Daniel's life is threatened again. Daniel sees all these trials and these struggles throughout his life. He recognizes that God is the one who allows these things to happen, and it is for his good and for God's glory. But here's the thing, church. The higher the position, the more the enemy will attack you. The higher the position, the more the enemy will attack you. Now, this is a sobering thought as I was sitting here pinning this out and thinking through this because for me, as a pastor and those who are shepherds, the enemy doesn't like when people proclaim God's Word. The more that that God is speaking through people, the more that we are submitting to His Lordship as we say, God, use us mightily for Your kingdom, for Your glory, as we go to the nations, as we go to the, the world proclaiming the truth, the enemy is going to come and come strong. Church, we must be prepared. How was Daniel prepared for this attack? Daniel was prepared by the attack by being in awe of who his God is. Daniel was prepared for this attack by knowing who his God is. Daniel was prepared for this attack because he had full trust in Yahweh. He knew that Yahweh could save him. He knew that Yahweh had authority over King Darius, he knew that Yahweh, nothing would catch him by surprise and everything had to go before God, before it could happen to him. And so he said, whatever takes place, whatever happens, I trust God. Church, are we at that place where we say that when we serve in this community, when we love others, when we proclaim the gospel, when we go out into the city and and persecution and pain and suffering and things come our way, are we at the place where we say, we know who our God is and God can stop that from happening, but if he doesn't, I'm going to continue to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. When we go uh, across this nation and this world and we proclaim the truth and we serve where we are and the enemy comes and attacks, are we saying we know that God is bigger, greater, more powerful than the enemy? Greater is he who is in us than he that's in the world, church. See, we know in Ephesians chapter 6 that we are called to be prepared for the attack by abiding and being uh, abiding in Christ and in his strength. Do we know that God is bigger? Do we know that God has a perfect plan? Have we determined in our heart that we're going to follow him no matter what happens? See, We must stand in awe of who God is and that he knows all things before it happens in our lives. Before the foundation of the earth, he knew what would take place. And if God knows all things and he allows it to happen, then he's allowing it to happen for our good and for his glory. It's hard to think about sometimes. But if our eyes are on all the areas around us and the circumstances and the pains around us and we forget who our God is, then guess what? We're going to fall captive to the enemy's prey, to the enemy's uh, uh, schemes. Church, we must recognize 
That that's who our God is. He's bigger. He's greater. Listen, Daniel from 1 through 6 has been telling us over and over and over that God is bigger than all the kings of this land. He has an eternal kingdom that will never end. And there's nothing to worry about, church. See, it kind of goes to that last point. What I shared with you at the beginning, and I say it again. God's the hero of the story. God's the hero of the story. How did Daniel live a life devoted to God? How did he live that life? By God's power. By God's strength. How did Daniel serve with integrity and live uh, a different life than all the people of Babylon? By God's power. By God's strength. How does Daniel stand in the midst of the enemy's attacks? By God's power. By God's strength. See, oftentimes, we look at everything around and we miss that God's the hero of this story. You know, oftentimes I used to say, I want to be like Daniel. I want to be like Daniel in the lion's den. That that I'm going to say, I'm not going to, to follow the law of the land. I believe that that's who I will be if I follow God. See, the problem is, is oftentimes we get focused in on the person and miss the power that is giving him the strength to be who he is. It's God. It's Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit. Church, we don't need to be like Daniel. We need to be who God created us, and we need to follow the God of Daniel like Daniel did. Did that make sense? We don't need to sit here and say, I want to try to be like Daniel. God has created us to be who we are. But we need to follow, as Daniel did, the God of Yahweh, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. And when we do that, attributes that God did in and through Daniel will also come out through our life. See, if we get focused on the wrong thing, We're going to find ourselves just trying to mimic others. But no, we need to reflect in awe of who God is and let Him do it in and through us, church. How do you live a life devoted to God? You abide. You dwell. You delight in and you let God do it in and through you. How do you serve well when there's a pagan city all around you who's coming against you? You abide. You dwell, you delight in, and you let God do it. How do you stand firm when the enemy comes after you? You abide, you dwell, and you let the power of God do it in and through you. See, God, He is the hero. He is the hero of the story. Would we be like Daniel in the understanding of focusing in on God? Letting Him come and be that power in and through us. Delighting in Him and dwelling in Him and saying, I have determined to follow Jesus. No turning back. Look at what Ephesians chapter 1, I want to close with this. Ephesians 1 verse 18 through 23. We were in Ephesians for over a year. And we looked at this prayer for a long time. But I want you to see it today in light of what we see in Daniel's life. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe. These are in accordance with the working of his strength, of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all rule, authority, power, dominion, and every name that is named. Not only in this age, but also in the one to come. He put all things in subject under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all and all. Church, do you realize what was just said? Paul says, I pray that you would see how big, how awesome, how powerful your God is. Paul says, I pray that your eyes would be opened 
to see that all authority is under the foot of Jesus. Paul is saying, I pray that you would just get a glimpse of your God. Church, when we realize who our God is, when we allow ourselves to be washed by this word and we continue to grow in our understanding of who God is, it's very easy for us to discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness. When our eyes are open and we see how big and powerful our God is, it's very easy for us to submit to his lordship and say, I am going to serve the body of Christ and all those around because I want them to see the image and the reflection of God. When our eyes are open and we see how powerful and how big our God is, we don't fear when the laws are changed that now all of a sudden we're going to go to jail or die because we are worshiping and following Jesus. No, we say we know how big our God is and he has the ultimate say. See, that's what Paul is telling us in Ephesians 1 in that prayer. This whole idea of what's happening in Daniel's life is because he serves a sovereign God. Who is bigger than King Darius? Who's bigger than all those scheming against him? It's interesting that he says, all the satraps and all the commissioners have come together and decided that no one needs to pray to anybody but you, King Darius. Well, that's not true because Daniel didn't say that. And he was one of the commissioners, right? He was one of the head people. Church, even when the world is scheming against us, and we start to look around and we get fearful and, whoa, like, we got we to gotta set this straight and we got to set that straight and we got to set this straight and they're scheming and they're going to hurt us and they're going to do this and they're going to do that. We say, no, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to keep my eyes on the author and the perfecter of my faith, on Jesus Christ. I'm not going to fear what the world can do to me. I'm going to follow Jesus. No turning back. That's what Daniel did. He didn't run in fear, church. We're going to get to that next week. He didn't run in fear because he knew that his God was bigger than King Darius. Than all the schemers. God's the one who did it in and through Daniel. Will you allow him to do that in and through you today? Will you determine in your heart today that you're going to follow Jesus no matter the cost? Even if it costs you your last breath, let me remind you to live as Christ, to die as gain. Some of us have been trying so hard to put all these things that's happening in our society and in our world together. The attack in Ukraine, the governments, just all the different things. I won't even go into all of it. We've been watching the news left and right. We're worried and fearful. Church, let me tell you, God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the one that we see in Daniel is the same God that we serve today. The one that gave Daniel victory over the enemy's attacks, gave him the ability to serve in a pagan culture, and the one who gave him the ability to discipline himself all throughout his life, even confronted with death many times, is the same God that we serve today. There's nothing to fear. Nothing to fear. We must put our trust and our hope in God. Let's pray.